sensory yes resource yes but also yes Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horrorcast. This is the Creative the Top Podcast, brought to you by us over at ADCHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. Smoke isn't my favorite thing, Jack. <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who's a charmer. It's Mark. Hello. I like it when he says nice things about me. <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And this week, we watched 1967's Wait Until Dark, which was a Jack pick. And hey, we do have a Patreon going, but we're not where your money should be going. So, as it has been for over two years, all of our Patreon proceeds are going to Feeding America. So you can go to ATOZ Horror, but nope, patreon.com slash ATOZ Horror. Support the show at your level of choosing, get some perks for your troubles, and know your money's going somewhere better than our dumbasses. But if you can't do that right now, or just don't want to, that's cool. We just appreciate you in here hanging out with us but please try to do something you can for someone who needs it and the uh list of people who need it right now is our uh, myriad and, and lengthy and i won't list them all here but there will be some links of places to donate that we've been using in the show notes and if you need a little escapism hopefully you can have some fun in the horror world with us for at least the next little bit and boys you know what that means it's time to do the getting drunk part so let's score let's do beers for fears and i'm gonna start this week because I had an extraordinarily hard time beering this movie, I again decided I wanted to try to do a local beer for this movie. And I don't know, boys, if you know this about Hawaii, but their marketing and branding doesn't tend to be on the dark or lights out kind of side of things. It's Not a bright lot of dark sunny in Hawaii, in Hawaii yeah. all the time. It's all so. happiness and sunshine. Yeah, so I ended up, I like this cool can though, I got a brewed beer by the Maui Brewing Company. Uh, this is a Makena Cloud Hazy IPA. Makena, I think, means a gathering of people. Um, and this movie is about a bunch of crooks gathering at uh, at an apartment and then a cloud, which would obstruct your vision. She cannot see. I had a really hard time with this one. Jake, help me. What are your beers for Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I, I would say the way I feel is a little disappointed. Um, I was looking for something like a black IPA or e- there's even a beer from right around here called Lights Out Stout. You just mentioned it. Couldn't find any of that, uh, so I ended up going a wildly different direction. I have to actually reach for this to remember what the name is. is I'm it drinking a nice a, fella. I'm drinking a nice fella. I was so close by to Mountains that. Walking, Ooh. which is from Bozeman, Montana. Nice fella is the the important part here. Obviously, you, you like Jack. You said you have a collection of crooks, and for the vast majority of this movie, one of them in particular is pretending to be a real nice fella, a charmer. Yeah, I think there's also like a little bit of a tie in here. This is an Italian pilsner to like mob. And not that this is the mob. I don't but, think Rhodes you know, supposed nefarious. to be Italian. What's that? I don't think Rhodes supposed to be. I don't Italian. think any of them are Italian. Yeah. But it's it's <laughs> it's crime in New York City. So okay, it's not. It's never too far from think mafia, the mafia or mafia. The only like source behavior. of crime in New York City. It's always the mafia. I'm throwing shade at the Italians today <laughs> for Mark, no reason in a movie that has nothing to do with Italian. Yeah, like, really, really personal shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what about you? What are your beers for these? Jake is struggling. Jake with his just beard opened just his exploded. can and exploded all over everything. <laughs> his lips are puffed up like a chipmunk. So, like I said, I was I was about. <laughs> He's running <laughs> out of the room. Bigger disaster than we thought. He's got. 
He's got his cu- hands cuffed and he's <laughs> fleeing the scene. Good lord. I I was so close to getting a nice fella and then I was so close to getting um a strong arm apple cider uh by Meriwether which is in town and then I found one uh kind of on the fancy side of the beer the beer Yeah, it's cooler. a very fancy bottle. Um I found a Realm of Illusion uh by Von Ebert. This is a uh this is a brewery out of Hillsboro, Oregon, uh, and this is made with some type of fancy berries, Marion berries. Ooh! So it's a sour made with Marion berries from Hillsboro, Oregon. Uh, very Realm Oregonian. of Illusion. Um, I guess we haven't really mentioned this part of the story yet, but uh, this gathering of nice fellas and bad guys—they're uh, Italians. They're fooling Audrey Hepburn <laughs> the entire time. This is a this is a movie based around conceit or not gaslighting conceit. her. Yeah. yeah, gaslighting. Sure, that's a good word. So it's a yeah. realm of illusion that gradually gets peeled away. Well, I like that, boys. Although I would be surprised if Lights Out Stout was truly unavailable to you both. The Albertsons there by both of your I, homes has it usually. That's like an extra four blocks. I gotta go. Yeah, you have no idea, Jack. <laughs> it was snowy <laughs> today. Enough. I didn't want to venture. Yeah, that it's far. snowing. Okay. Think of us. Yeah, that's weird. It's not snowing here. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, um, either way, boys, drinking beers and watching Wait Until Dark isn't the only thing we've done in the course of the last week. We might have also experienced some other shit in the horror world, so why don't we talk about it, starting, of course, with paying up on Lost Beers for Fears. So let's cue that sound effect. Mmm, beer. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. What an idiot! You suck, you jackass! I have one Lost Beers for Fear I can pay up on here. Do it. Um, I watched Always Watching Colin a Marble Hornet's Story. Nice. Uh, I, I lost for Lady in the Water, yeah. and I have no idea the connection between the two. Other than, I mean, if you're going to start asking good me movie. questions about what my brain did in the past, <laughs> we've gone over this, Jack. I okay. think this might have been a poll about um, cryptids. Cryptids, yeah. Yeah, I think. Fair enough. I am um, e- slacking on polls. By the time this comes out, we will be fixed, I think. So we- I just posted like four. Cool. So uh, you can blame it on me. We're pretty far behind. Patrons, you're going to get about 30 polls in the next week. <laughs> Enjoy. Wait, hey, under promise and then over deliver. Okay, don't over promise and then under deliver. It's hard to under promise when the baseline is like already zero. That's on you, man. You just said I could blame it on you. We're going to take old polls away from you. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, this is the movie feature-length adaptation of the uh, YouTube, uh, like, independently created Marble Hornets uh, Slender Man found footage videos from some years back. uh, Kind of early early YouTube, uh, which were fantastic. Uh, This is not fantastic. How bad is it? I rented it on Amazon Prime. It is not as bad as I was expecting. It is a serviceable found footage horror movie. It's on the more mediocre end of like found footage horror movies. The biggest flaw this thing has is the Marble Hornets-ness of it, that it is not anywhere near as good as the YouTube uh, shorts were, right? Like, if I didn't know anything and I just came into this as a found footage horror movie, it's fine. But it, it, it is it is harmed a lot by its uh, uh, relationship to the original found footage uh, shorts, which were very, very good. Um, this one has some cool sequences, but not much beyond that. And the plot is buck wild. Where'd you um, watch it? Is it free anywhere? 
No, I watched. I rented it. You had to I think rent it's, it. Okay. It said it's free with some subscription on Amazon Prime that I didn't have. But it's and I think it's I have one of those of like at this point monsters and, and watch. for two ninety nine yeah, a month I, or something I, like that. I have no fucking idea. All I know is I think I'm subscribed to most of them there. at this point because I don't know how to cancel. <laughs> <laughs> Holy! Shit. But I was not subscribed to this one, and so I spent three ninety nine. I have Cinemax. When did that happen? <laughs> that happens all the time, dude. Stars, Showtime. I think I have them all. <laughs> Paying a cool few thousand dollars per month (laughs) yeah probably seems like it um either way i can't say i would recommend this mark you might like it It, it, like i said it's a serviceable found footage movie that makes sense you're you're the found footage guy that makes sense okay uh but it's not very good the coolest parts are the like sometimes there there's a film within a film right they find (laughs) a film within the film and that is the original marble hornets footage which is cool to see so they're actually they're actually leveraging that i think so yeah cool mark Uh, you have bad taste you might like this no, no, no. I, like, it's a serviceable found footage movie, and you enjoy found footage movies. Your bar for found footage movies is lower than most people's. Yeah. Also, you have bad taste. Well, yeah. So, you know. <laughs> I'm not way. the one wearing a banana shirt, am I? Are you calling this bad taste? This is a delightful <laughs> shirt. It is a pretty cool shirt. <laughs> That's all I have to talk about in Lost Beers for Fear, so why don't we cue Scatman, because I know from offline that you guys have nothing to talk about here. Scatman's World. Stay gold, pony boy. Over in regular rocking horror worlds, Jake, what do you have to talk <laughs> about here? What's, uh, been, what's been rocking your horror yeah, world? Yeah, dude, do you know how when we started recording, I said I did a ba- I had a bad realization? Yes, I do. Have you ever started recording and then realized you watched nothing else? Has that ever happened to either of you? No. Like, yes. literally, I we'd started recording. I was like, oh, fuck. I watched nothing else. I didn't study most, for this test. Most weeks. <laughs> most uh, weeks. In, like, 2018, 2019. <laughs> most weeks. <laughs> yeah, but you knew that going in. You knew that before you hit I the record I didn't remember button. it. Sometimes I thought I'd watched I'm just a movie gonna blame it, it on, was from, like, a month and a half ago. I'm just going <laughs> to blame it on the fact that it's been a whirlwind a couple days. Uh, I We started recording, and I was like, whoops. Okay, so, so there you go. That's, that, actually, actually, that, that's rocking my horror world. My lack of memory. <laughs> astounding at this point. Pretty solid. Mark, how about yourself? Uh, I have one movie, so I guess this is going to be a relatively quick segment. But I watched, Jack, I believe this was your recommendation to me on this year's Omnibus, uh, Things Heard and Seen, based on the book Things Cease to Appear. All, yeah. Mm-hmm. Something that all, all things, things cease to appear. Yeah. Um, yeah. something like that. What a, what a pair of names to try and memorize. Um, <laughs> so this is an, uh, this is a Netflix joint. I think it's one of the Netflix produced, uh, and exclusive movies, uh, though you can probably rent it elsewhere if you don't have Netflix anymore. Um, so brooding would be the number one term I would use to describe this movie. Uh, sure. this is, uh, Amanda Seafried and James Norton lead the cast with appearances from, Na- uh, Natalie Dwyer, who's, or D- Dyer, Ja, whatever, how do you say your last name? Because of, because <laughs> of the, well, because of the <laughs> freaking Jamaica. Yes, 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 it is. is a, okay. <laughs> Be- because of the Led Zeppelin song, I was just pronounced D Y E R as Ja. I mean, that's correct. <laughs> Um and F. Murray Abraham also is in the background. He's a fun guy to watch. Um, this is one of the, so this is a drama centered around a husband and wife. The husband is kind of a a drunk asshole, um, borderline abusive, probably just legitimately abusive. Uh, through the end yeah. of the movie, um, and Amanda Seyfried's kind of playing the part of like the housewife who doesn't want to stir up trouble, but then starts to realize that something's wrong um, and she needs to get out. And how does she get out in this horror situation? Overall, a very good movie. Jack, you said you read the book, right? Yes. As well? Yeah. Um, is the ending better in the book? Because the ending sucks on ice in the movie. 
Well, as I recall talking about the movie, they make a fucking choice that kind of comes out of goddamn nowhere for the ending of the movie. Yeah. Uh, the ending of the book, I don't want to spoil it. It's well worth reading. It is better. It's handled much more deftly, okay. and I won't reveal whether or not it makes as much of a hard turn, but it is. It is. I think the ending is much more cohesive. I, so I'm going to go ahead and guess that uh, they wanted to, but the book ending would have been harder to adapt to screen, so they just said, fuck it, and did a weird thing. Uh, this, I buy that. This movie's like 90% really, really good, and then the last, I don't know, five minutes are very forgettable and shitty. Um, I just don't think they I knew, didn't, they didn't know the how choice to, it made for they the didn't, They didn't know how to land the plane. It's fine. Um, but overall, I mean, I think I would recommend it. I appreciate uh, you giving it to me as a suggestion through the end of the year, Jack. Um, good movie. So it makes a hard, or a, a, it makes a choice, but then you still found that forgettable. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because it's, I mean, it's forgettable in that it's like, doesn't really seem... It's not cohesive to yeah, the rest of the cohesive. film. That's a good way to describe it. It's not really connected. They, there's some themes that occur throughout the movie that they try and tie in, but I don't know. They're kind of just putting makeup on a pig there. Like you can say that they fit together, but they don't. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the metaphor really works. And yeah, in what yeah. Let's doing. see. This is a movie that is that is low key thematic and metaphorical throughout the first part. Oh and, yeah. But mostly a realistic movie, and then. The flips that like like ninety percent real, ten percent metaphor throughout the movie, and then mm. flips that exactly to the end, at the end. Yeah, James Norton's character is a professor of art history at this school, and he's teaching uh, classes specific to this one uh, artist who he adores. And there's like layers of metaphor and art history sewn into this thing, which I'm not a huge fan of, but they do it. They do it well enough that like you don't need to love art in order to enjoy the movie, so that part's fine. But that's sort of the backdrop. That's the backdrop level of metaphor that you're getting out of this thing. Okay. Um, but Netflix. it's a very good movie. Netflix, Things Heard and Seen, good movie. Probably not yeah. top ten from last year, but solid recommendation. Hmm. Fair enough. I like it. Mark, what else? No, that was it. Okay. Uh, very solid. Uh, I've got a few to talk about while I pull up my document here. Um First two I want to talk about, Blade 1 and Blade 2. Fuck yeah! Just, they just showed up on Netflix. I don't know if Netflix just got the rights to them, but the Wesley Snipes Blade 1 and 2. Blade 1 featuring Chris Christopherson as his aged mentor, uh, Whistler. And Blade These 2. Movies, he's, in, he's in Blade 2, too, isn't no, he? No, no, he's not. No, he's not. Not to spoil Blade 1 and Blade 2, but he's not in Blade 2. The important question, are you Team Blade 1 or Team Blade 2? I'm I team- like Blade 2 a little better, but I was also, like, it was more... The era that I wanted, you know what I mean? I was a little, I think I was like, we were like eight when the first one came out or something. Sure. And so you have like, more memory, there's more nostalgia for two. More nostalgia. And also like, you're a little too young to think everything they're doing in like the Blade aesthetic and all that stuff is cool when you're eight. But when you're like 12, it's that's like right there. And turns out Wesley Snipes yeah. in Blades, both one and two, is like the coolest fucking person in the entire world. You ready for a uh, really bad take here? What? Okay. I'm team Blade Trinity. Is, uh, you know what? That is a, I remember no, not take. liking that as much, certainly, but I didn't and uh, I didn't watch it this week. I will watch it because it's also on Netflix, and I, I'll give it another shot. But Blades 1 and 2 are fucking cool. Yeah. They're so weird and so stylized, yeah. and they t- they're such swings, and I love it, and it sucks that movies don't go this hard anymore. It's been a long time for me, but I think I'm Team Blade 2. Fair for enough. For basically the um, same reason. It's like a Rush Hour 1, Rush Hour 2 situation. Yeah, but Rush Hour yeah. 1 is better than Rush Hour 2. I like Rush Hour 2 more. Shanghai 1 or Shanghai 2? Shanghai Noon, sorry. Shanghai That's Noon. not Rush Hour 2. I know. 
I'm asking you a separate question. Oh, I see. Uh, I don't know that I ever saw... Wait, Shang- there's... Shanghai Noon Shanghai, Shanghai Nights or Shanghai Noon? Yeah. Not <laughs> Nights. <laughs> you said it wrong three times. Yeah, I can't fucking... I couldn't I mean, it was it. the sequel. It's Shanghai Noon and then Shanghai Noon 2, Shanghai Nights. That's whatever. too much. It's too many words. Not the Nights one, not Nights. Okay. Those don't stick in my memory. They're Either not way. Land Before Time 1 or Land Before Time 2? <laughs> Listener, <laughs> if you haven't seen Blade or Blade 2, uh, I'm sure you have Netflix. Watch them. They f- they're fucking rad. And also, like, this whole kind of what cyberpunk steampunky aesthetic that was developing around the time kind of was continued like the er example is the matrix right but blade man they none of this none get... of that is steampunk there's some I'll give steampunk you cyberpunk stuff. i'll give you cyberpunk yeah cyberpunk. but but you know the steampunky kind of aesthetic chains and zippers where they don't need to be and stuff moving and contraptions but i think that's just kind of steampunk man that's just punk Maybe. that's the punk part yeah I mean, cyberpunk all, is a is it's an all it's all the punk without any yeah. of the steam I want to see the steam part. <laughs> These movies fucking rule. Go watch them. They're so fucking cool and stupid and amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. I also, Dude, I, 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 love Blade. I also like that there isn't, like, if you make this nowadays, you have to, kind of like True Blood did, right? You have to do a thing where the vampires are just another kind of people and they have their own and should have their own rights and their own culture and their own living. In Blade, all that exists. The vampires are there. They're among us. But fuck it. They're just the bad guys. We're not touching on... We're not doing it anything beyond that. They're just the bad guys. Fuck, kill all of them. Which is kind of nice sometimes. It's sort of how... Is that Daybreakers? I think that's how Daybreakers works. Yes. That was the movie I was searching for the name of and could not... Which isn't to say that, like you know, allusions to, to race or societal problems aren't important in film, but sometimes it's fun to just be like, you these gotta be able to turn suck. your brain off. Let's kill them. What yeah, do we, what do we can... start with every episode with? Escapism. They're great yep. escapism. And they are so yeah, great. I totally oh, agree I with you. You gotta be able to turn that shit them. off, man. And the vampire ninjas from Blade 2 are so fucking cool. Yeah, they are. <laughs> All you need to say is vampire ninjas. You yeah, really I mean, that, that, that's where. your whole, that's your elevator pitch. Yep. And man, do they nail it. Um, next, yeah. I watched one that works very well with the movie we're about to review today. Mm. I watched a Shudder exclusive that mm. debuted this month, just a few days ago, I think. I watched See For Me. Oh, um, God, maybe, I've been waiting for this thing. Maybe it came out late thing. March. It's not, it's not a Shudder exclusive, but it is on Shudder now. You could have rented it any time in the last three or four months, and I've been oh, waiting gotcha, for it to that's get to Shudder okay. so that I can watch it, because I've heard good things. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's on Shudder. It's worth watching. Um, it's good. It's it's not great, but this is a movie about a uh, blind woman who is house-sitting, like some super rich people's house in the mountains. And oh, there the skiers is... or whatever? Yeah, she's a skier, yeah, okay, or she was it. a skier before she went blind. Multiple times. Um, and then she and uses then, an app to see for her. Yes, yeah. yeah. Right, and and the app is is a woman on the other end who can look through her phone and tell her what's going on. And it's a home invasion thriller. It makes some choices, too. It's good. It's not great, it but it's good. It makes choices. I would hope so. I would hope it I'll, I'll tell you choices. what. There's, I we should make a movie that this... makes no choices. <laughs> yeah. What would that I look thought, like in reality? I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you this much. I thought this. I had this movie's entire plot down within the first two minutes, and I was very wrong uh, about which direct in which direction the plot went. So you didn't so have it down. He I did not. I was wrong. Down. I thought I did. It was, it was some close up magic that it worked on you. <laughs> I suppose so. That's whatever. Uh, look, this is on Shutter. It's worth watching. <laughs> I didn't understand the joke. Yeah, move past it then. I like it. I mean, it was okay. barely the a show. Joke. Must go on. Said. Uh, you you. You, if you like Home Invasion, it's worth watching. Uh, it's it's serviceable. It does a fine job. Nothing about it is particularly wrong, but it didn't do that much for me. Sure. Other than that's a little bit of a misdirect. A little Sounds bit of like a misdirect. It. I did like that. Yeah. Though that's spoiled. That's now. the part Matt. where she's. That's the part where she's. A, she's a Russian agent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all witches. 
Yeah. Witchcraft is in the it background. It turns into yeah. uh, Red Dawn 4 by the end. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Go Wolverines. That's all I got. Let's go to the feature presentation. Over at ADCHorror.com this week, we watched 1967's Wait Until Dark. Now, I picked this movie, boys, and is it safe to assume we've all seen this before? No. Yes. Oh, hello. First First viewing. Nice. But you knew about it, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I would not have been able to tell you the name of the movie, but I was aware of the general beats and that this was a play and that it was adapted okay. and all that. Yeah. And then, Jake, let me ask you this. Have you ever seen, or Mark, you too, the Idaho Shakespeare Festival has done some version of Wait Until Dark 5 no, or but 6. Now I, I would love to see, see it. it. Yeah. When I was watching this, I was like, I want to see a production of this. We are going to a Hitchcock recreation this forget what it's called, 47 though. Steps or something like that. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Cool. We'll, we'll report yeah. back on that in, like, September. Yeah. So next episode. <laughs> uh, hey, they've been coming out weekly. Um, You're doing a good job. Thank you. Uh, <coughs> wrong butt. <coughs> What's 911 in Hawaii? Do we need to call it? <laughs> it's still 911, Jake. It's America. There was a, This happened in this fucking movie. Klondike 5. <laughs> they were like, what are the police? And she was like, 7, 9, 4, 1, 2, yeah. 8, 6, 7. That's a full phone number. Yeah. Well, that's their emergency yeah, line. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. that's, think... a, that's an old... Uh, uh, they did that on uh, the IT crowd, right? <laughs> They're changing 999 to 567-344-325678111972. Remember the new number. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into that. Is it? Isn't? Don't uh, the local police stations have their specific there, numbers? That are, precinct's number, yeah, or so whatever. She's just calling the local precinct. Sure. No, she she said that's the emergency line. But we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into. That's it. a nitpick. We got to get back on air. I'm coming back to it. We got to get back on air. I'm coming back to it. We're on air, Jack. Yeah. Include all that. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. All right. On air. I'm not gonna get any of that. I oh guess. fuck okay, no. I Why would you cut this gold? I picked this movie because one, it'd been a while since we watched like an old classic. Yeah, and I like an old classic. Yeah. Uh, I hadn't picked any like uh, old movies in this particular draft. And three, this is one of my wife's like favorite movies, as are all Audrey Hepburn movies. Interesting. <laughs> and I like watching horror movies with my wife, so I picked it. And uh, yeah, that's why I picked it. I gotta say, I've seen this once before, uh, and I came about it. I came upon it in probably the worst possible way. To oh, go this tell movie. me more. Failed um, date. Failed date. What? Failed date. No. Uh, this is a great date movie. That'd be a bad way. No, the what I'm saying it, from a watching experience, Same the more. worst way you can start watching this movie is going off of n- hearing about it because it's one of the best jump scares of all time. Oh, yeah, shit. No, no, no. no, I, no and no. For, we'll get into that, too. But I actually I didn't would know that. Never call it one of the best. I call it one of the most iconic. You thought it was funny. I thought it was interesting. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd yeah, call yeah. it. And that's one of the reasons I didn't like it much on my first watch through was because I like, really? <laughs> I would agree fine, I that there is one. I'll, that's as far as I'll go. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, there is, is a 1967, <laughs> whatever. People How were easier fun? to scare back Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, either way, I picked this movie. Do either of you have a 30-second uh, oh, on the goddamn clock? Dude, come on. Always. No. Have I ever not been ready? <laughs> 100%. We are ready every week. I'm Jack. actually ready. <laughs> You're both fiddling with your phones. No, it's been there. It's been there. It's been there. Swear to God. Don't put words in my mouth or apps on my phone. So, 30 seconds around the goddamn clock. It's going to start when I start. 
Susie is a young woman who has lost her sight about a year ago. She has just moved into a new apartment with her hunky husband, uh, who is a photographer. He leaves to go for a job. Actually, he gets a statue filled with cocaine. He leaves to go for a job. The doll. The the bur burglars come to the house and come up with the most contrived and elaborate plan you could possibly imagine to gaslight this young blind woman into thinking, giving them an excuse to search for the doll. Uh, she catches wise to him, kills him one by one, and then eventually the husband comes home with the police Time. and saves the day. It's I got I got to his I, job the doll. It got, got hey, a little Jack, got a little rough for Jack, me there. Of yeah, all of yes, of sir. all of the roughness, I will say uh -huh. I'm very happy you saved it by clarifying that the husband comes home and saves the day. <laughs> <laughs> he sure does. That useful fellow. This, yeah, he that saves real nice fellow. Day. Yeah. That the, no, but the I, 60s were a different time, okay? Sure, yeah. <laughs> they sure were. <laughs> he he he's there to comfort his 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 poor wife who just like saved herself pretty fantastically and murdered three men. Yeah. He saves the day. Yeah, she murdered he one man. He saves the day. Oh, thank God. She only murdered uh, one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, come on. He, he, the other guy. I, uh, by association. You know, you by, kill someone. Is that how that Marks, works? when you kill someone, you're killing everyone they've ever killed. Oh, okay. shit. Power okay. ups. Well, then she's killed a lot more. Than yeah, I, I want to know how many people what's-his-name's killed. Rote. Rote. Fuck. I, need Rote. To get, I don't know the name of anyone in this film. Alan Arkin? We need to Actually remarkable. <laughs> yeah, Alan Arkin. The character Alan Arkin. <laughs> yeah, totally. The movie Wait Until Dark. Oh. Um what in the fuck subgenres of horror does this fit into? I'm taking classic. Sure. Home invasion. Um, mystery slash thriller. What did you say, Jay? Home invasion. Oh, yeah. Home and invasion. It's definitely that mystery too. slash yep. thriller. That's yep. it. Nailed yep. it. Fastest sure, ever. Absolutely. Is there anything else? I don't uh, think I so. mean, a while ago we did add the one around. Resource deprivation or like yeah, sight. sensory deprivation, yeah. whatever. That's essential. That's like almost every horror film. I, no, oh, sensory deprivation. 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 Sensory deprivation. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard resource and I was like, that's because no, that's what essential. I said. And it was sensory. Wrong. Sensory. Yeah. Sensory, yes. Resource, yes, but also yes. Right. Thank you. Good. That was a big hand rainbow <laughs> listener. Uh, part, like, the important aspect of this movie is that she's blind. I think that's. So and That's therefore it works. It we're moving past the, it. I agree. Yeah. Yes, fits into the bird um, boxes of the world. Totally. Not much else though. No, I'm comfortable saying that's it now. Yeah, that's all. You didn't have to put so many hats on other hats back in the sixties. Yeah, dude, there weren't that many hats. <laughs> well, Mr. Cubbins well, had not arrived. He had though. That was <laughs> why I just paused. Oh, Bartholomew yeah. had lived. He and must died. have. Yeah, he lived. And lived and died. You think? <laughs> he had to have. Yeah, that, I guess that book does take place in like the 1500s yeah. or whatever. <laughs> it's like Probably. the Dark Ages. Come on. <laughs> um, what? Let's just talk. Let's dive right in. What does this movie do right? Wow, dead air. <laughs> dead <laughs> air. Are you shitting me? No, it does a lot of stuff right. Yeah, we can start with Audrey Hepburn's performance. She was nominated for an Academy Award for it. What? Uh, were, were there any roles that Audrey Hepburn wasn't nominated for? Yeah, and also <laughs> this is a really funny one. Uh, look, I think but, she. That she is not a blind person. She is believably blind. She does a very good job of like, you've seen movies where the person who is blind clearly is looking at stuff and seeing stuff and tracking things with it their would eyes. Be, it would be really hard, and I'm sure that th they had plenty of takes that weren't quite successful, but yeah. it would be hard to do this, and she does a good job of it. I that mean, I'm said, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. I am just, annoyed by her a lot of this movie, but I think she does a good job. I'm sure that, that she's just like, they're just like, okay, remember, pick a thing in the corner over there and look sure. at yeah, it. Yeah, lock in. You gotta yeah. lock in. Yeah. Anyway, I, I found her really annoying, but she did a really good job. Because of the transatlantic accent or like the uh, old-timey damsel in distress thing? Yes. Or? 
<laughs> all, all of the those above. two. I, her her sense true. of humor is very weird. Knock I, knock. Yeah. Who is it? It's Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think she did a really good job playing a character that was both hard to play and annoying. I don't think the character well, was I, annoying. I think she's, a, I I think she's annoying by uh, she's a bit aloof by today's standards. I don't sure. I don't think that's Audrey Hepburn's fault. No, I agree with Jack. I just have to clarify. Oh, I found her annoying. I agree with and you. Maybe it's that. I have good associations with Audrey Hepburn because of my wife's love for her, or maybe it's just I mean, she's also, the reason I want to. I want all I ever want to do is is wear a suit with a hat and ride around on trains. Yeah, that's a big like, part of it. There's certain romanticization of you know this kind of era that I find very charming. You know, and and so I was charmed by and it. And when the movies stand up, I mean, I need to do. So this is something that I need to do as cer- sort of my own personal development is go back through Hitchcock's catalog because I don't think I've honestly ever seen like half of his movies and the other ones that are classics I've only ever seen probably once or twice sure. and when this thing ended I think I rented it on Amazon Prime or whatever you know it suggests all the North by Northwest Rear Window yeah. uh, Strangers on a Train what's your favorite Hitchcock right now today today Birds okay North by Northwest it's hard because horror movie Birds but North by Northwest often is cited just, as my actual just, favorite movie just Hitchcock No, I think North by Northwest is probably my favorite yeah. uh, just it's Hitchcock so but yeah I mean yeah he does a lot of stuff. Well, so the man who knew too much <laughs> is another one that comes up. I don't yep. know if that's Hitchcock or not. I think it is. I think it is yeah. too. But I've seen. Um, I think I've seen all those movies collectively probably once. Like total. Fair enough. And and Jake, I also understand why you could be irritated by her accent because it is. I think her natural accent in this maybe a little bit of affectation for the character, but also like we talk about a lot the mid Atlantic or transatlantic yeah. accent that's kind of like yeah. English. Uh, American hybrid accent that existed in on stage in like during the 40s and 50s and specifically specifically over the radio right that's why that's why it was they they have typically a higher pitch with clearer intonation because the radio waves would sort of garble shit together so they taught broadcasters and theater folks to talk like that so you could make out what they were Mm -hmm. saying more clearly but during broadcast but then because of that, it kind of became indicative of like high class and actually influenced regional acts, uh, dialects in some places in America because like people perceived it as a high class accent because yeah. of the because people were told actors were told to do it. But we've talked about that a lot. Audrey Hepburn's natural speaking voice is essentially the platonic ideal of the mid Atlantic accent because she like was born in Belgium to a, Brit- a British father and then spent some time in England as a kid and then America. Like her history is wild. Mid Atlantic kind of, or transatlantic are those two different? It's things? It's called both. No, it's called mid Atlantic. I think like Maryland, like no, the Mid Atlantic. No, 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 no. Mid Mid Atlantic is sometimes what people call the transatlantic. I'm going to call. I would have said transatlantic. I think Mid Atlantic is probably used interchangeably, but incorrectly. So transatlantic, I'm fairly certain, is the actual term for the sort of staccato. If you're if you're on the standing on the street corner, waving your newspaper around. Yeah, but then she is. also has but like it's, this. It's a little less old timey newsboy. It's a little less. A little, yeah. She has this yeah, like I, I hang out in the lounge at the airport in Zurich a lot. Like. Yeah, it's that high. It does reek of like high class. I agree. Well, and I'm sure she's Definitely. had elocution and, lessons for yeah 95 percent of her life. And, and she's she was always good with accents, right? She was developed such a good Cockney accent when she was in My Fair Lady that like they had to say do less of an authentic Cockney accent because we can't understand what you're saying. Yeah, look, no one's gonna she throw was asking shade. No like one's next. gonna. I hope not. <laughs> I hope no one on this podcast is gonna throw shade on Audrey Hepburn. Like, come on. Oh, dude, worst Sucks. Hepburn. She's horrible. <laughs> I'm Catherine or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Catherine Hepburn is also delightful. That's but. why they're sisters, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Classically related. Wait, what? I'm, it's a joke. Yeah, it okay, it, it okay, felt okay, it felt yeah. really flat. It's fine. 
Just move on. Uh, Audrey Hepburn's performance in this is fantastic. I had forgotten how electrifying Alan Arkin is. That is—he's the best part of the film. What by a, a lot. fucking roll? Yeah. Holy shit! By a lot. Uh, there's a lot of interviews out there and stuff on why he wasn't nominated for uh, best actor. They pride him like his haircut. Actor. And his his theory was basically like, so he had been nominated for the movie immediately before this movie that he had done, and then he got nominated. I think one or two movies after this. Um, the dude has some chops, but basically his point was like, yeah, if you're a if you just you're a dick to Audrey Hepburn for an hour and a half, it's not going to you're not going to bode well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah, but totally. Mark, I agree with you. He is so good at this, and his character's so weird. The introduction with like the almost bowl cut and the perfectly it's, round glasses I, and the trench coat. So I good. love love <laughs> the trope of a guy who walks into a room and can immediately like digest everything that's happening and unzip everybody and be like, this is what you're doing, this is what you're doing, hey, give me your knuckle dusters, put your weapons on the table, I'm going to pay you guys $2,000. Oh, which, I, we, we've talked about the, this, Mark, to tie along to your point, I want to bring this up here, so I'll tie it back to what we were talking about also. The romanticization of the American past, like, this movie has so much of it. So many classic Americana tropes and, like, crime thrillers with, like, the knuckle like he has he has brass no one guy the the weapons of choice like what did the burglars bring as their weapons of choice yeah. brass knuckles the guy has a statuette that tur that turns into a switchblade named it's Geraldine fucking... Geraldine named Geraldine <laughs> is the referee yeah and the, so the, the third guy has a straight razor in his yeah. pocket. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. The kids throwing dice on the stoop. <laughs> fucking so What do rad. I know? I'm a dropout. <laughs> I love it so much. It's so good. And the this is probably going to come whatever. I'll just I'll I'll blow it early, but like the kind of poor dub over the top of this like the sound mixing that <laughs> yeah. people didn't really nail sound mixing until probably the 80s, maybe late 70s. So this one has sort of that like definitely over recorded in a sound studio a little bit later. And when you're outside on the stoop with those kids, it shines through so hard, but then like <laughs> the accents make it just charming and wonderful. Yeah, so great. I loved all of it, including the the fight scene, the terrible fight choreography where he has a knife, one guy picks up a tripod, and the third guy's just holding a chair like a shield and swinging got a, a camera around. Yeah, swinging a camera head, like a yeah. flail. Yes, and then he he just insane. drops he just drops the blade on the ground and sits down in the rocking chair and is like, okay, let's do business. <laughs> I I certainly want to wouldn't want to be hit by a camera. <laughs> Dude, oh, those cameras shit. were or that rickety ass chair. Could you guys just hear that? There was just a gunshot near me. Uh, do you need to take a look out the window? Don't actually. Stick your head out and say, "Hey." But yeah, the old timey shit is just very, very charming in this movie. And that, and that actually gets me back to. I don't think I ever finished my thought around the the Hitchcock thing that I was. Mentioning oh, earlier. you definitely did. I derailed I just, you I just, almost immediately. I just, yeah, I know. I just started listing Hitchcock movies I hadn't seen. Um, what I was saying was, I love it when you find movies from that era that are still. Not only watchable, but have appropriately earned the name classic. You know, yeah, there's sure. a lot well, of ones that we romanticize and go back to, and and I mean, let's be real here, they're not that good. <laughs> but <yeah. laughs> you come back and you watch stuff like this, and all of the weird rough edges are charming. The performances are spectacular, and uh, to get into my third thing, the theatricality of it all is it is a very magnetic. theatrical. Well, movie, that was the next thing which, I want to talk about, right? Because like this is this is a, an adaptation from. From a, a play, yeah, from a play. It had been a play name. for less than a year. Yeah. Well, when they made I this mean, movie. they they knew they had a winner. Like it adapts yeah. really well. It makes me want 
to go and watch the stage production of it because I that this would be fucking so fun to watch as a play. It, it oh is my so. God. I've talked about it on this podcast before, yeah. and I've been to every time it comes came to the Idaho Shakespeare Festival. We went. It is wonderful to see a good play of. The yeah. playwright was Frederick Knott. Just to throw that out there. Well done. Thank you. Bravo. Uh, Not you, him. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for mentioning. <laughs> well done, Google. I thought I, th- I, th- I thought you were complimenting me on my note taking abilities. I, you know what, Mark? <laughs> good note taking. As someone who <laughs> takes. Frankly, lackluster notes. As someone who couldn't remember the name of the main characters, wrote. (laughs) He's the only one that matters. It's fine. Well, and Susie. Susie's important. Talman matters. I I watched this with captions on, and you know what? Carlino's probably the only one that doesn't matter. Wrote for life. (laughs) Susie is S U S Y in the closed captions on this. And I found that got real irritating over and over again. Was it really? Sussy? Sussy. Susie. Do you think she ever plays Among Us? That's a weird dated reference. It's not going to make. There's sense. certain like here. there's certain um, Hepburn like mannerisms in this film that remind me of my mother-in-law. And like this is oh, obviously it's not shade, but like they remind me of my mother-in-law. <laughs> and that's also her name. So it's very strange. I never put that together because I didn't know the names of any characters in this film S-U- other than wrote S U S Y. No, not just that oh, way. totally different. No. No. <laughs> Actually, hmm, I'm gonna have to ask her. Before we get dangerous, is it like a Suzanne S U S? Well, it's, it's Susan, but oh, okay. there are times where it's like just shortened, but it's always conversational. It's not. I've never seen it written that way hmm. or in any way. Okay, there you go. Before we get, it feels like we're maybe veering dangerously close to what it does middle. I want to call out a couple more things and does right. The overall design and aesthetic and set design of this movie is fantastic. It's really stylized, like from the title cards to the color in it, and their apartment is so cool and as a set, well designed. I love everything about it. I will say that this drove me down a rabbit hole of reading through te- the evolution of Technicolor through the ages, and how okay how that technology evolved from a two color additive process where they basically filmed with like two cameras and then combined the projections via prism and stuff. That was the very, very, very first version of Technicolor into what basically became like synonymous with Disney in the sixties and like what this, this is shot in Technicolor. There's that big glorious Technicolor thing at the beginning of the opening credits. And that's what drove me down this. But if you're ever in for an interesting read and you're curious how sort of color uh, videography started to happen, Take take a look into the history of Technicolor. It's actually pretty damn cool. The, the YouTuber Captain Disillusion, who like does a lot of, he's a like uh, special effects guy, who, like computer guy, who debunks a lot of viral videos online and says like how they were faked using digital effects technology. He has a series on like shooting in color and how that worked on film, how it worked in Technicolor, how it works on digital chips. It's really fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Really cool. So that that was fun. I I will I will agree with your point though, Jack. That I. I love movies that are adapted from plays. I think it adds this stylistic element to it. I also go back to why was it called Ghost Story? Ghost Stories, something like that, that came out a couple years Which, ago the, with with the, Martin Freeman. I think was the main character. Yeah, Ghost Stories. So that yeah. one had its own sort of weird stylisticness to it. Only for us to find out at the end that it was based on a play. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think it lends. I used the word theatricality earlier to it. I think it lends this sort of like archness to the overall performances and the presentation and the set design itself, because you can see how it was going to be blocked, right? Like the one thing I would definitely want to see most of all on a stage play is the guy jumping from off stage, right? Cause I'm sure, sure that's how you would do it, right? You have like a random side set that has the bedroom in it. Cause you're in there for like two seconds. 
and then dude just jumps through a door uh, to, oh, totally. to catch you by the ankles. I, I think it sets up extremely well, and I think it's you, we don't really see that type of blocking or choreography anymore where it's entirely meant to be seen from one side of the room. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean that that is exactly how the play works, Mark. When I saw it, it's it's all of you living you don't see into the into the bedroom at all. Like there's just yeah. a room off to somewhere. How do know? they Same do how would you do it where they find the body at the beginning? What's that? How do they find the body at the beginning? Who's hanging uh, from the door? She, there, there's a closet door that you could that like they can obviously get through, but it's supposed to be a closet in the thing, and they open it and she tumbles out. Oh, she tumbles out. She's not in a bag. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Also, really don't play matter. in dry cleaner bags. You'll die if you're an actor or a kid or an adult. So anyone? PSA. Anyone. Yeah. Don't Just don't play around with dry cleaner. If you're bags. alive, dry cleaner bags might make you yeah. not. Sitcoms alive have stopped anymore. doing very special episodes about it. We have to now. Yeah. PSA. Don't play around in dry cleaning bags because <laughs> they'll make you dead. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> the more you know. I remember that that jingle from my childhood. Yeah. Yeah. What does this movie do middle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's what I had it does middle. The plot of this movie, not the overarching plot, but the development of these three fucking morons plan to rob this blind woman is charming in how fucking stupid it is, <laughs> but also fucking stupid. We it can't is- find the doll. <laughs> This is the most convoluted possible way that they could try to take a doll from a blind woman. I mean, think about their plan. It's you. Okay. Number one, guy, number one, you go in, pretend to be her husband's old war buddy and then leave a package behind and charm her and then leave. Okay. Then you pretend to be an old bumbling man, come in, scream, knock everything around, flee out of the house. Then the third guy, you come in, pretend to be a police officer asking about the old man then the third guy comes back in as the old man's son and tells you about the doll your husband took was maybe from his mistress and also his father knows about it and there's a dead woman and and it's the dead woman's doll so your husband did it. Then the police officer comes back in and says, I think it was probably your husband. And then have the first guy come back in and say, so now we need to find the doll to keep your husband out of jail even though you know he didn't do it. This, That's the plot of this, this is fucking the sort movie. Of they also they also know the lady is blind and yeah. insists on wearing makeup in many of the scenes. Well, that's Mustaches. for like also that's for yeah. the other people. <laughs> signal signal each other via the one of the only ways that actually makes sound. <laughs> yep. You know what? You know how you can signal and not make any sound? Just fucking wave through the window. Just walk over to the window yeah, and be like, have hey, them it's look ready. at the window and wave yeah, yeah. through. Give it. us yeah. a give us a jingle over here. It's We're ready. Do buck it. Buck wild and she it fully works and I kind of love it. This well, it doesn't work because they all die and she wins. But it works a lot longer than it should. Yeah, it shouldn't work for any amount of time. <laughs> almost all the thing, all the parts I described, Mark, those parts all work. Yes, that's true. She falls for it initially, that's and then too she too many, and then she outsmarts him. She sure does. Yeah, she and does. Look, I mean, she figures out this plot uh, probably better. I, I, I don't know that I would fall for it because I think something weird is happening. I don't like any of this, but I wouldn't have pieced it together like she did from one guy wearing the same shoes. I think I'd be like, hey, a crazy old man came screaming through my house and well, knocked everything over and then left. Yeah, yeah but you're not blind, Jack. On. You don't have the, the fifth That's sense. That's true. That's true. The fifth sense. <laughs> you don't have it. 
Well, she lost her. She lost her original fifth sense. So now she has. And, and so fifth, sight lost its place the in the fifth sense. V two. Exactly. The replacement fifth. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's certainly not. How a many sixth senses sense. are there actually? Like twenty six, twenty seven. I don't know. No, there's five. No, Jack's doing no, some like like galaxy brain shit actual, right now. The proprioception, like there's a whole bunch of actual senses. Proprioception is just touch. Proprioception is just knowing where you're not you touch. are. Proprioception is basically space. spatial like awareness. It's what allows yeah. you to touch your nose when your eyes are closed. Yeah, I know. And it can get it can go away. <laughs> I'm aware of what it means. Very yeah. weird and hard. <laughs> It's spatial awareness. That's the, okay, it's now I want to know what touch. all 26 fucking it's, senses it's, are. Dude, it's like a fucking color wheel. Like, you could have your primary colors, and then you can blend the other things to make another thing. How many flavors of beer are there? A billion? Oh, cool. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is the sort of plan that you come up with when you're, like, I, I almost want a scene with, like, the super smoke-filled bar, and they're coming up with their plan, right? And it's, yeah, it, it makes perfect sense to them, but they're hammered right <laughs> so, so you and I the like viewer that. know it's not gonna go down well <laughs> and then there's stuff like just all that stuff like they're so unthreatening having a stupid round glasses and bowl cut peek through the curtains of a vw van <laughs> is so non-threatening it's delightful i think he's threatening they didn't. Uh, they, Geraldine's threatening. They they really didn't plan on the punky Brewster angle coming in and being like, "Yeah, there's no cop car outside." Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, oh my god. We're in middle, right? Yeah. That's yeah. not wrong. This is yeah. wrong. This is going wrong. Oh, Julie Herod is not what's wrong about this movie. No, but I don't want to talk about all the things that I. We're getting dangerously close to nitpicks. Here. I know. I just love talking about the hairbrainness, the the donkey brain <laughs> plot that they have. So, it is such. A it's insane. lovable. I love it so it's much. It's it very it lovable. lovable. It's very it's, lovable. It's lovable in the way that, like, when you're yeah, when you're like seven and you're trying to hatch a a plan to steal your sister's Halloween candy that doesn't just like walk into a room and take her Halloween candy. You're right. like, okay, I'm going to throw some fireworks in the backyard. That's going to get the dog all riled up. Then I'm going to be like, Mom, the dog hasn't gone on a walk yet, and she has to go take the dog on a walk. Because, like, the real way to do this is for Mike to come in and just hold her, like, grab her and prevent her from moving and have the other two guys search the apartment. Well, no, right? they're in the apartment searching for it. They don't know where it is, and they think it's in the safe. So they need to get her to and open the safe. And they need her to open the safe. Yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know what they could have done? Carried the fucking safe out and replaced it with, like, it's a box. Not- it's not the biggest safe in the world. No, with a dolly. You and look, it probably weighs a few hundred pounds. Yeah, but just still, get a fucking dolly. Big dudes. Mike is such a hunk, he could carry it out himself, probably. He just lift it over his shoulder like uh, the guest. Totally, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's a robot paramilitary guy. Yep. Yeah. They they talk about that in Wait Until Dark 2. Oh, shit. I need to see that one now. <laughs> wait, wait until wait, dark. Wait until dark 2. Wait until dawn. <laughs> They never say the. It's interesting to me that they never say the line. We gotta wait until it's dark out for our plan to work because they can flicker the blinds. Because they say that in the play a bunch of times. Do you think? Well, they feel that's the why. Need- that's what wait until dark comes from is because that's the only way they can fucking. That's the only way they can make. Why are we doing this in middle? <laughs> I'm panicking. Okay, let's go to dust wrong. <laughs> that is the only. That is why this plan works is because they do it after dark. I thought it was like a blindness. Thing. I thought it was too. Why would they wait until... Du- no, the plan is... They say it in the play. Like, well, we got our plan won't work I until dark I thought it was out. more of like a knowing, like, wait until you see what happens after the lights go out. Yeah. That, That's so when she wins. I, I, th- I think it works on a couple of levels, but they oh, say that. Oh, that makes their plan so oh, much, much fucking dumber. <laughs> yeah. It's, the, it's more <laughs> lovable, though. It might be more lovable. Plan. It might be... You know what? It's what the movie does right. Plan God, if right. only we could do this during the daytime. But how could we possible... How could oh, we possibly signal to a, each other? It's a 12-hour plan, Mark. It has to start during the daytime. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
I need I need a scene with the development of the plan. I need it. I need it. I need yeah. a, I need a scene. I need the deleted scene where they're going to like the costume shop and they have the like Dumb and Dumber esque montage of the guy coming out in the different costumes of Rote Senior and Rote Junior, with his with his fucking powdered wig on and his stupid mustache. <laughs> it's like yeah, this will help the blind lady differentiate also, me from my she's, grandfather. She's blind, so she can't see your faces. <laughs> you put you're putting on disguises, but you're using your actual names as the characters. So that yeah, that's something I wasn't. I don't think his actual name is Rote. I think he's credited as Rote because that's the character that he plays within the deception, within the realm of illusion. I thought the guys called him Rote. The two of uh, the other two, the Wet Bandits, I thought called him Rote. Well, he introduces himself as Rote, but I, I mean, I'm sure that's a fake okay. name. Okay, okay. At least that. Yeah, would there's a zero percent chance that's his real name, dude. Oh yeah, it's not like he's an idiot or anything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Also, I like that he's he's supposed to be the the biggest badass, and his we- like his weapon is supposed to be a concealed knife, but like it's he's got a statuette with a pocket, I on like it, like a button on it. In his I, pocket. I like he does how, he does throw that thing into the wall. Like he's pretty champion. good with it, yeah. And it's it, which seems impossible given the aerodynamics. Yeah, you definitely of that can't. That's statuette. not a thing you can throw. <laughs> he can. He does. He does. He does. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> Uh, what else did the movie do wrong? They lay the expo- exposition on specifically around Susie's blindness so yeah. thick. Yeah. The, yeah, first yeah, time, was, the first time the first time she picks up the blind phone, school today. Oh! The blind school line. <laughs> Fuck. Hi, I just came from blind school and I was the best blind girl in blind school <laughs> because I'm blind and I'm learning how to well, live. This is, this is where I lump on the annoyingness I have a transatlantic of her character. Accent and I'm blind. It's so fucking annoying. <laughs> do I have to be the world's best blind girl? Yes. And then he says, yes. And then fucking like... Doesn't, and then doesn't she, her face like softens and is like, oh, okay. And she's like, well, then I'll be it. I'll be it for you. I, dude, it's fucking wild. She's annoying, and I think I'd throw Gloria into oncoming traffic. <laughs> she's annoying, and he's a gigantic asshole. For the record, Gloria didn't throw any breakables. That was smart. That might Only have been the smartest ever. That whole scene is also super troubling. Like that's a trick I learned from my dad. Yeah, <laughs> who apparently throws a lot of tantrums. Yeah, Jack. Just, a, just, don't just a happy break. look back into the history just of America. Tantrums for show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to get what he wants. Look, he gets drunk and throws things, but no he never throws the breakables. I'm gonna try that next time my wife doesn't want to come out to trivia with me. Just throw a fit. I, I threw just... all non-breakables. Yeah, I threw the wooden spoon, the other wooden spoon, <laughs> I, the ladle. I threw all of our salad bowls on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Only I the non-breakables. Such an asshole. I threw, I threw a bag of rice into the wall. All I right, like how charming. the non-breakables do include a knife, though, and she's a blind woman. I mean, and knives are kind of breakable, you know. I mean, they're not she gonna like shatter the girl. But... What she call her? Stupid or something? I didn't even think she started it. She definitely didn't start yeah. it, but she insulted That's why I would throw Gloria into oncoming traffic. Yeah, no, Gloria sucks through the, for the first 60% of this movie, and then she becomes... She turns it so around. She becomes better, a spy yeah. kid. Yeah, when she's like, oh, shit, there's legit danger <laughs> oh, yeah. happening. Oh, you're not just boring and obnoxious. Yeah. Okay. I need I, I need feel this. alive for the first time. You know that Like when my years, dad screams and throws things. Gloria is definitely going to fall into the trap of, like, the seedy underbelly of New York City. Like, almost. Oh, Gloria's already gone. Gloria's she's yeah. done. She's gone. done, dude. She's, she's going to grow up to be a huge Velvet Underground fan. <laughs> yeah, Gloria's definitely too far gone. She's she's over. It's over for her. Hey, fun fact: Julie Harrod uh, also played her in the stage play. So no shit. Julie Harrod, really? the kid. Yeah. Oh, that's easy cool. transition. And I think that's partly why she doesn't really have much of a film career. She's in this and like one other thing, and then to be clear, I don't have a problem with like the way Gloria is acted. 
I just think Gloria... Just the kid's a shit. ...is an annoying shit. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, she's sort of a caricature of an obnoxious child. I mean, it's no wonder that Susie fucking hates her. <laughs> she, I mean, how, how many times... How many? What's the what's the husband's name? That's the only one I didn't write down, but it's, it's surprising Arthur? that he, like... Sam. Sam. Sam, yeah, that he... Sam. That Let me he go through writes, the old names. That, that he insists that she use Gloria, and then Gloria comes over and is basically, like, abusive to Susie in her own way. Well, she has to yeah. be. She's obviously in an abusive household. She doesn't know any better. That's I mean, true. Sam, Sam is. It feels like he could. He's bordering on abusive. Like you just don't see enough of their life to get the full abuse. Which is like, do I have to be the best blind they've girl? Only you know each other. They've known each other for a say, year. Yes. How, you do have to be how the best many, blind how girl. Many, how many depictions of like 1950s, 1960s uh, husband and housewife would you say are objectively? Not Healthy? abusive. <laughs> zero. Healthy uh, I zero. Mean, I, no, I like, think the definitions have shifted a little bit what? over the course Look, of definitions time. have definitely shifted, but there's less outward signs of an abuse of a lot of them. Like, Leave it to Beaver, uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke show sitcoms rarely showed uh, indications of abuse or domineeringness. They're okay, problematic fine, in fine, their own fine, way. Fine, but... fine, Okay, fine. I think we need to take a spin through Nick at night. Mm. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> I wouldn't. Is that really what it was called? I thought it, Nick at night was... Wasn't Nick it and I like was the Nick play, and I played all the fifties and sixties shows when Nick we were classic. kids. Yeah, it was like Happy Days and the Mary Tyler Moore I think show. Jake, Nick Classic came out in like two thousand as the one that shows Rugrats uh, instead of what? all the weird cartoons. I oh, think. I thought that was just the old shit. I don't know, man. I don't care. Nick at night, man. <laughs> wow, I got surprisingly nihilistic very quickly. <laughs> what, Mark? <laughs> Have you met me? Turn on a dime here, bud. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Gloria was annoying. Uh, Susie was fucking annoying. Uh, <laughs> this shit takes forever to get going. I have multiple notes about how long I've been sitting there, and it was just fucking nothing yeah, but that's was just, happening. That's the point where you just sit back and relax and watch the the scamsters do their flim flam. I mean, I got so I, I did stop taking flim flam men. I did stop taking notes about that particular issue that I had at about the forty five minute mark. And so then there was another wash, 30 minutes of that shit before you had your home invasion. Getting very far ahead of ourselves right now. I would recommend this movie to anyone who enjoys watching those sort of arch performances that you would see in a Why play. You if you're this? not a fan of watching actors act, then yeah, you're going to have a lot of complaints time. like that. Um, I, th- I mean, it does take forever to get going, dude. That's that's yes, that's right. And I remember thinking that a lot on my first spin through because especially when you're going in like this movie has one of the best orchestrated jump scares on film when did you when was your first spin through uh eight or nine years ago oh my something like that oh i, I remember said, oh my, i got, like what? I got was... the do, the dvd slash blu-ray in the mail <laughs> physically from netflix so it was in that era i we thought watched, that was still we watched well, it that was like until two years we, ago for you we watched it in yeah. the apartment <laughs> which means it was I at least a... prior to 2015 I watch. I got this as a DVD in the mail, which means it couldn't have been later than 2019. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, it's a good yeah. service, man. <laughs> I, I mean, to that end, actually, one of the things that I did notice uh, on this spin through, I have. I mean, we have a very solid internet connection, and I got a new TV when we moved into this house. That's a pretty nice TV. Uh, oh my and God, when you dude. when when that scene comes up where she knocks out all the lights and there's actual pitch dark and she's like lighting matches to see yeah. uh, Rote and he's covered in gasoline or whatever. Well, she's not lighting matches to see him. No, she's, I mean, Good that's, point. that's the gasoline she's, she, That's She's lighting matches so we can see Kerosene? him, but also as, <laughs> gasoline? A, as a threat to him. Gas- In Kerosene. any case, the that is where, that is 
that is a great example of why you should watch this movie on a Blu-ray because that's where you can see the compression where if you're watching that in a dark room, you can very easily see the like brownish and blacks against each other as opposed to just being a true black screen. Like it's it actually looks really bad. I don't on, even know what the fuck I, you're talking about. So even if you're even if you're scre- streaming this in 4K, there's still compression that happens on the part of Amazon or Vudu or whoever you're renting it. Through. Oh, you're saying it just smudges up and it 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 turns everything into little blocks, blocky. right? Yeah. Where yeah, yeah. if you're watching this on a Blu-ray, you get that like true black experience where it's 4K. There aren't like these chunks, like inch wide chunks of brown on the screen. That's interesting. Now, Mark, I don't have a fancy TV like you. Um, I bet you could still tell though, if you were watching this in the darkness in, in like pitch we, black and streaming it versus watching it from even just a DVD. I bet you could tell. Did you wait until dark we, to watch this? Well, yes, I did. <laughs> How else so am I going to signal to the people on the street, Jake? <laughs> Exactly. We didn't. We watched this last night, and we didn't notice anything like uh, in the pitch blackness. But I don't know. I watched it a few days ago, and I didn't even think about it. Well, so there's there there's that. Maybe next, maybe next only through. watching it in 4K creates the compression. I don't even know if you can find this in 4K. I think it's just the regular HD that you can find. But that'd be that'd be silly to upconvert this to whatever. Shut up. Why are we talking about this? I don't know, man. Because you wanted to stop talking about how annoying Look, the characters were. Do we have anything else that does it wrong? Or should we I don't Susie, uh, Susie's so sad because she wants to cook souffles and be a good housewife. This, this is their apartment fucking rules, dude. <laughs> you could cook a hell of a souffle in there. You could cook a hell of a souffle I don't care. I do. I want weird shutters that you close. By, I love yeah, those shutters. shutters. That come down. That you close by turning We're a just screaming about like shutters. Like a fucking... Old timey spaceship. Well, how did that factor into their plan? How did that factor? If she had just left the shutters down, which she could have because she's blind. Mark, they didn't even know about the shutters. Listen to yourself. How could it not factor into their plan? They probably like the shutters too. (laughs) And then when they got drunk at the bar, they were like, "Those shutters are sick. We got to use them." (laughs) (laughs) It had to be, but they didn't use the shutters. They left the shutters up because that's they they would have. They they didn't. They needed to be able to see Mark. If those shutters are down, they should just walk in. Mike Tolman should walk in and be like, "Oh fuck, we're fucked." If you you fucked us, lady, you. Fucked us! <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> fucked us. <laughs> that, imagine that being the very first visit. <laughs> Mike, I want Mike. that play. You're a charmer, aren't you? How dare you fuck us I like want this? That play. <laughs> Let's make it. Let's make it, please. Oh my god. <laughs> well, our plan is shot. We're here to rob you. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna open these shutters back up. You cool with that? <laughs> Here's a rope. Tie yourself up. Jesus, man. <laughs> oh. uh, so that's what movie does wrong. <laughs> uh, toot toot. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir, Bob. This seems like a lot of trouble to go through for like six dime bags of heroin. Also, Jesus, like what the fuck, man? Yeah, there's there's what tw- there, maybe maybe ten bags I, that he pulls I out do- of the doll. I don't know how much that's worth. Nor less than two thousand dollars in nineteen sixty five or whatever. This you think is. so? I bet that's true. Yeah, I bet. Oh, I don't know. I don't know how prevalent heroin was in New York at the time. I mean, like, less prevalent, prevalent than now, later. but yeah. but they're not big bags, and he's pay- paying. I think both of them six two thousand dollars. I don't know. Though he does not. not I don't know how them. far heroin will go. So a, ba- a little bag of heroin. They're, maybe they're, they're, maybe that they're has much mileage. more than individual servings, right? Because an individual serving is the tiny little vials from the wire. I, I know about drugs. I've seen The Wire. Yeah. I've seen Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> That's my 
that that's, movie that's actually does a surprisingly bad job of helping me understand like volume. I think so. The when, wire's good though. When yeah, she... the wire's better. That's a better metric for me. Yeah, but I haven't seen the wire. Oh my really? I got about five episodes in and fell off of it. Yeah, that's the point. You gotta go like six. You had like one more episode. <laughs> oh no. No, I don't remember how many, Mark, but there was you do have to push through like the first half of the first season and the second half of that first season is like the best thing I've ever seen. Oh. Well, fuck, right, Jack? I did that wrong. I mean, yeah, it, it, I didn't have to push it, through it anything. I fucking minute. loved it. I thought yeah, it took yeah. like a significant amount of time, and I stuck with it because I've heard so many things, and then it hit. Yeah, and then you get to experience all of the lovely season two when, on the docks with the longshoremen and Ziggy, the legend of the docks, who cracks an egg in his beer and gives a duck too much whiskey, I think. Don't you want that in your life? I'll stick with you the first do, season, I think. The first season's great. First season sounds great. Just... Drop off before the fifth season where it gets about journalism. I've only seen that the first weird. two seasons, but they're both very good. But it does take some time to get going. But okay. once you're hooked, you're hooked. <laughs> so you have to watch 12 hours of show in order to get a good six Hey, man, hours I don't like shows. Uh, for the record, I think all five seasons of The Wire are excellent. The fifth one, I, I love the second season. It is much maligned. It's one of my favorite seasons, if not my favorite. The fifth season is a little bit rough, but it's still better than 90% of TV. I have no idea. How do you feel about the fourth season? Fourth season's fine. <laughs> Oh, God. Let's go to ratings. Me. <laughs> Me. Me. <laughs> Wait, we have done any We're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> We're, done. We're, done. We're done. We're done. What the fuck is we... wrong with Shatner? Remember that guy? The weird guy putting the skis on his car and like barking like a dog. What the hell is that shit? That guy's so weird. <laughs> Driving of... his convertible with the top down to Vermont in the winter. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even have any poles, man. He just took the skis. I get it. Some people... His like 10 foot long skis. Jesus Maybe Christ. he's a ski jumper. They weren't ski jumping skis. They weren't. They 60s. weren't. They weren't though. Any, any skis or ski jumping skis if you go off a ski jump with them. <laughs> if you jump with them, they'll <laughs> ski jump. That'll ski jump. <laughs> he was weird. I didn't like him. He didn't sit right with me. They're just establishing their neighbors, you know? It's like Why? It's a quirky neighborhood. What why did he need to exist? To like a bark like a dog. It's the flavor of the neighborhood. Like what the fuck was that? I hated it. I hated it. Nitpick. Shatner. Why was he called Shatner? I didn't like it. Shout out to Billy. I liked all of it. It was pretty great. You know what I didn't like? When <laughs> the guy, when when her Sam is getting on the plane, like walking up the stairs onto the plane, and they drop the pills down, he just has to toss them back up? That's going to go wrong 99% <laughs> yeah, of the time. <laughs> Lands in the landing gear, gets sucked into the turbine. Yeah. <laughs> also, I didn't understand the point of that scene at all. I think it was just. just a, I think it was just guy. the introduction of the the lady who dies, whose her, whose name I don't know, and Sam, Svetlana or something. <laughs> Probably, I'm sure it was it wasn't, Svetlana. But what the hell are you talking uh, about? At the very beginning, the, when she's smuggling the doll in, yeah. the lady who meets Sam on the plane and then gives the doll to him, when they're on the jetway, he drops like some pills out of his bag. She grabs it at the bottom of the staircase and then hucks it up to him, and he catches yeah. it. Svetlana. And then they sit next to each other on the plane. Her name isn't Svetlana, but the last name they come up with is has like it's like S J something. It's a weird. It's a like Eastern European name for sure. Her name is Lisa, so not even a little yeah, bit. Close. I only see, no no, but the, the last I don't name even see a credit whatever. for the last name. Either way, isn't but Samantha Jones bunch. one of the Bond girls? I think she's a Bond girl. Uh, she could have played a Bond girl. Did you see her? I'm pretty sure she's a Bond girl. I want to say from Octopussy, but I'm not going to. look She up. was very attractive. For the four seconds that she was in this film, sure, yeah, drug hey, meals, knee, knee agreed. And I, I like that. I like how lax the security is in the airport, and she's so concerned that they're gonna. Are, is it regular that they're gonna fucking open up dolls to look for heroin at this point? 
in the 60s, I assume definitely Yeah, I not. assume definitely not, too. <laughs> I mean, look, think that of all the things in this movie, the airport security code has changed most dramatically. But, I mean, I, I, she doesn't even fucking assume, hand the doll over. She's just like, this is my doll. No, holds it. I assume in the 60s, you could say, you can't open my purse. I have feminine stuff in there. And they'd be like, okay, here you go, ma'am. Go on through. I'm pretty sure in the 60s, you could be like, you can't open my doll. I have drugs in there. Be like, yeah, okay, cool. Keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I'm trying to smuggle heroin. <laughs> oh, my, my apologies, ma'am. Uh, on your way. <laughs> I I feel like you'd be able to tell if there was a dead body hanging from a door when you opened it because it'd be heavy the as heaviness? fuck. Yeah. Oh, it'd be <laughs> Why so is it hanging heavy. from the door instead of just like in the closet off to the side? Because those dry cleaning hooks that hang on doors. Yeah, they put her, they put her in a dry cleaning bag, and you can't just put that on the ground because she'll get wrinkles. Jake, when I, I guess you didn't, you don't <laughs> do not you know insinuate that I do not get dry cleaning done. So okay. wait, do insinuate do you, that I, he gets dry cleaning. I, I do not. I, when I was living in Boise, I had dry cleaning cause enough to get the dry cleaning where Bairds would come by twice a yeah. week and pick up the bag hanging Jack, from my door. Jack, I get it. You're, big a big, you're a big timer. I get it. Don't big leave I was. Bro. I used to be. Used to be. What's your uh, point? But my point is that's the hooks they give you. They hang from the door in the center. That's what she's hanging on. I have never gotten anything dry cleaned in my entire life. <clears throat> he makes a good point. I just feel like. Wait, that's not the... No, it doesn't make a good point. He does, because it won't actually hang on the rod. It won't. The question is, why wouldn't you just jam her in the back? Put her in the bag and jam her in the back. Okay, jam her in the back. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Fine. <laughs> We've arrived on it. When you murder someone, <laughs> don't go to the trouble to hang her. No, because it would fuck up the door. The police would walk in and be like, yeah, this door was fucked up. A body was hanging from it. Duh. Solved it. It was locked. I feel like the door could bear, I don't know, some weight. No. No, no, no. Do you think those like an empty door? It's the sixties. It's not a hollow core yeah, door. I don't think that's right, dude. I'm not worried so much about the door as I am about the hinges. I, I, think I it's fine. it could hold it. I think it's fine. It could hold okay, it. we got to test this. Well, was it? Well, now, but everything like all our doors are made of shitty composite, yeah. and and the including the door jams and like then some drywall and then in Jake's house, lath and plaster. Mark your house, probably just a stud, but I am a stud. I like how we had to distinguish between yeah, the way our two houses. Your, house, your house is older. My house is from house 1890, is older. ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Nothing inside is from 1890, mind you. Your house was built almost 100 years before my house was. <laughs> Maybe that's part of his point. <laughs> nothing in my that's, that's, the, that's exactly my point. Nothing in my house is from that time. Nothing. But either way, Mark, this, that door could support a 110-pound a woman. I don't know. Yeah. I, the, world, the world will never know. We'll have to call the Mythbusters. Uh, hey, why didn't she just send the doll back up with the girl who took it in the first place, and no one had any idea where yeah, it was? Yeah, she's like, okay, take this back, get the fuck out, go, just and and yeah. then leave. Yeah, yeah, go bang your get, Pro problem solved. Go sell your Girl we Scout cookies and bang your stick on the fence as you walk away. It'll be fine. Take this to the local <laughs> precinct and hand it to a cop. Yeah. And be like, here's a doll. I don't know why, but people want it done. <laughs> Not there. I don't know when 911 became the common emergency <laughs> police number. Thanks in for the bringing United this back States, up. But it could not have it must have it, it must have been after 1967 or something cuz whoa. I'm telling you she's <laughs> calling the local precinct. 
But it's for an emergency. It's an emergency. That's the emergency number. Yeah. If you call 911, you get put on hold. Yeah, I get and then it. they're I get dispatching. It. Yeah, you get put on hold when you call 911. Yes, actually, works? I was just reading a thing that that's still quite a problem. You can be put on hold for over a minute when you call 911 in a lot of places. So you need that emergency number. Well, that number. minute, it takes more than a minute to dial a seven digit number on a rotary phone. Yeah, but do you, so. And, and, then, she, and, then, and then it's going to go to an operator, and she's going to have a switchboard, and she's going to be taking those plugs out of other yeah. places. Yeah. Klondike Five, and you think, yeah. and you think this is the only murder happening in in New York? Yeah, you think that? you're so special? That- <laughs> but it, it, <laughs> is it your did. murder better than the other murder? Huh? As I was saying, though, it did remind me of that IT crowd bit, which is very, very good. <laughs> the new jingle for the new emergency services number. The lady's like, I got Ed Kemper on the other line right now. You think I need to take your call? I just found it fucking hilarious. Like, oh, you have an emergency? Okay, dial the seven-digit code instead of the three-digit code. <laughs> and, yeah, and rotary phones. How fucking yeah. fun is that? Oh, so great. Any of, okay. Have any of you used a rotary phone? We had one in our house my, in Minnesota. My grandparents I mean, when I had one until I was like, you know. I don't yeah. I don't know if I would be able to remember how to use one now. You, you just mean? you turn it I think until it clicks, I think right? you'd figure it out. Like, oh, and then you turn it until it clicks. You don't you turn There's it until a metal you can't turn it anymore. There's a yeah. plastic you, guard. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So. Oh, Jake had a classy metal rotary phone. My grandparents, I didn't have shit. They had it. It was the phone my mom had. I think she had it because it was like a cool old timey looking phone. It was like, like, uh, pastel green almost, but like a little more sickly colored than that. And it had this big fat base with the phone handle coming up the top. Why were they all pastel green? What are you talking about? Ours was also pastel green. Pastels were super, uh, popular in the mid century. In the 60s. Yeah. 50s and 60s. Uh, And then you'd lift it up and the rotary was on the bottom of it. It was pretty fucking rad. That's, that's, that's cool. Do want? Give me a cell phone with a yeah. rotary. Wish I still had. Why? That. Why is the emergency <laughs> number nine one one instead of like two one one? Wouldn't a not, the nine adds so much extra time on a rotary phone? It sucks. You know. I, well, if you have maybe, an emergency, maybe you're not dialing nine one one. Are you? No, you're dialing seven four eight two one seven six four eight five one nine 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 nine. Maybe nine one one wasn't standardized during the era of rotary phones. Maybe it was like the seventies. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Who? The world will never know. Truly. A- Alan Arkin is a really fucking bad whistler. Uh, he, he, really? The, bad? One scene, the one scene where he's like, you'll know it's the doll because it sounds like this. I mean, not everyone can whistle, man. I think, <laughs> yeah, But he's like not even close to the melody. Does he have to be good? If you're trying to describe a doll by the way it sounds and then you produce none of the same notes that the doll makes, then yes, that is a problem. Update, boys. Update. Let me crack an egg of knowledge all over your asses. In 1967, the President's Commission on Law Enforcement recommended the use of a different of of a a centralized emergency number that wasn't implemented until 1969. So this was right at the turn of the tide. It had been recommended, but it hadn't been adopted by every state yet. Well, so do you, you think go. the producers and writers of this movie were like, "Fuck, this is dated what do we now. Do now? <laughs> Shoot it again." They should have, man. My opinion only. I've got another nitpick. <laughs> okay, <laughs> have you ever tried to remove an incandescent bulb that has been on for 
hours with your bare hands. It's very hot. hot. You can you're do gonna, it. It's very hot. You just got to lick your you're fingers. You're going to burn the... She doesn't. Just put it... Just use a towel. She she doesn't. I know. Okay, that's... <laughs> Mark, she's a pick is not the housewife. She's going she's to cooking. burn the fuck she's, out no. of her hands. Her fingers are so callous. She's cooking over a hot stove every day to satisfy Sam. She, her fingers are burned to shit. She's like a line cook. Yeah, man. Souffles. Uh, we used to go to a pho place uh, like weekly for, for lunch, and the dude would always carry out the bowls of pho with his bare hands, and they are... Yeah. Boiling hot. Oh, like, yeah. literally, the water yeah. is just L- so line cooks, line cooks have burned Callous. all the feeling out of all of their fingers. There are no more nerves that work. Yeah, and if you were just if you were having a casual conversation you didn't see him behind you, he just stood behind you with this scalding hot bowl and would just wait politely for you to finish your thought and then swoop in. Jesus it's Fantastic. I, anyways, she's... I don't think she is a line cook, and I think her fingers would be burnt to smithereens following this movie. Smithereens. <laughs> Especially an incandescent bowl from 1967. That must be five times hotter than they are now. Yeah, they should have included a scene <laughs> where she's, like, turning off, like, a, a red-hot radiator. She's, like, unscrewing the lava lamp. The lava lamp. I... I- I assume that it was only 50% efficiency. 50% of the power went to heat, and 50% of the power went to light in the 60s. Yeah, you never never had to actually heat your apartment because your lights were on? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they they didn't even have a tungsten filament yet. It was all just like a stainless steel filament in there, heating, but glowing. (laughs) Heating, but glowing. And glowing. And. That, that, That really should have been the thing, where it's like she turns it off, and then it's still glowing red hot, so then she takes her fingers and also just <laughs> grabs the filament yep. to cool it off. <laughs> is it, a, is it, a, so I think this is something that this movie does cleverly, but I couldn't tell if it was, she accidentally turns the photo developing light on, not off, right? Yes. So she yeah. thought she was turning it off, but she Sam actually... left it on like a dick. No, he left. He or turned Sam's, it off. He left. He turned it off like a considerate like a dick. <laughs> wow, throwing him under the bus. But she thought it was <laughs> on right, the entire great. time. She assumed he had done the dick thing. Yeah, and which it fair off, and then she right. turned it back on. Right, which is a clever filmmaking contrivance. But then, how did she know to smash it? She... I don't think she did. I think it gets smashed when he attacks No, her. she runs to it. That's when he throws the knife because she's running to uh, the light. He throws the knife and it's yeah, right yeah, next yeah, to her yeah, and, then yeah, she yeah. Turns, and then she smashes it. Maybe she didn't totally lose her sight and you can still see a little oh, bit like come on. Know, light flickerings no. come through. No, that's profoundly bad. blind. That's possible. I don't, I don't think the people in the 1960s understood the continuum of blindness that exists. Yeah, plus. They we were are. just like, it's either lights <laughs> on or lights off. It's a binary thing. You see or you yeah, don't. Yeah, I've seen Sandlot. That, guy, that guy's blind. There's no other, there's no <laughs> other possibility. So can't just see interesting outlines. comparison to bring in, but yeah, that guy's supposed to be like He's profoundly blind. I yeah, he I mean he is. Yeah, <laughs> took a, took a road kit. He took a road pitch. Yeah, lights went out like that. Mm-hmm. Kirby Puckett style. <laughs> the only baseball player Jack will talk about. Why? It's the only one I really know. It's not true. Get the fuck out. Well, of here. and then there's all the pe- all the people who perpetrated the hot foot. I bet the hot uh, definitely. <laughs> we know a lot about? about the hot. What are you foot? talking about? We talked about this. Like, we talked about this last yeah. week. I think. No, no this way. Was, this Give was like three weeks ago, where we were talking about the guy who would hold matches under his his. Oh yeah. Teammates' feet. It's not a guy. It was a widespread <laughs> practice in baseball. Dugouts. It was a hilarious prank where you'd yeah, set yeah, your yeah, teammates yeah, yeah, on fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sounds. Funny. I was reading more about that after the episode. Sometimes you use bubble gum to make sure the matchbook stuck to their shoe while it was on fire. Jesus Christ. Third degree burn on your arch. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. We we it light, like we'd light a piece of flint baseball. and just throw it in their underwear. Between, yeah. In between shotgunning beers, you're doing the hot foot <laughs> while you're in the waiting to go up at bat. 
Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> See, now bring that stuff back, and maybe I'll actually start watching baseball. Totally. <laughs> I don't really have any more nitpicks other than it was funny to see that Julie Harrod is two years older than my parents and that she's 10 in this movie. And I was like, wow, that's it's been a while. crazy. And for the record, Jake, I also know Bobby Abreu because I one time yelled at him that he need to lose some fucking weight. I like how you're the baseball players you've claimed to know. You claim to know. <laughs> you are. claim to know. You claim to know these people. Of. Claim to know of are <laughs> Kirby Puckett and Bobby Abreu. What a fucking <laughs> yeah. weird sample. And in Jake's defense, I've expended most of the knowledge I know about both of them. Well. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. You know other ones. Stop it. Kirby Puckett, yeah. Minneapolis hero. Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah. I know Casey. At bat? Yeah. Mighty Casey, you talking? Oh, I know Mighty you Casey. Guys, yeah, I know no, three. I just, Casey, Mighty I know Casey. Three. You assholes, you're playing so coy. It's bullshit. You know more. Stop it. Stop <laughs> you, it. You know I'm coy. What I nitpicks better watch do you guys speed, have? Nitpicks. Mark. We're doing nitpicks right now. Stop talking about I was about doing a Grateful players. Dead thing. I was doing a Grateful Dead thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any more nitpicks. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> okay. Let's go. What ratings. do you want? Ratings now. What do you want? Else? <laughs> I'm okay. Sir. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm fine. God. Yogi Berra? Bill Buckner? Are you, you're just going to name baseball no, I mean, players How do you not know? You're like, I don't know any baseball players. You know Yogi Bear. I'm trying to think of the ones that like exist outside of baseball. Well, obviously, like, I know Babe Ruth, Jackie Robinson. I know plenty of baseball well, yeah, players. I don't know any baseball player. Darwin Barney? Totally Darwin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oregon State hero. You, Yogi Bear is who you, you you were trying to name other famous baseball players, and you didn't immediately go Babe no, Ruth? No, I was trying to name other baseball players that the are known SWAT? like almost more for not baseball things. That's that's fair. I know uh, also- John Olerud? players' names who were on the Yankees in the 90s because they were referenced on Seinfeld when George worked for the Yankees. Okay. <laughs> Danny Tartable, for example. I know totally. Danny Tartable. Danny Tartable. <laughs> he was well, a New York Yankee I know. in 1994. Danny Tartable. <laughs> These are the Yankees. These are the New York baseball players. I don't players really I follow baseball anymore. How's Danny Tartable doing? God damn. <laughs> How's he hitting this is, year? Did something happen? Did something with Danny happen with Danny Tartable? No, no one knows who Danny Tartable is. That's the thing. <laughs> Percentage. Yeah, yeah. What's Danny Tartable's war? We over at Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of a you'd rate Mike McClintock's ability to lie. It's knee medicine. Knee medicine. Yeah, knee medicine uh, for uh, one of. Just one of my knees. Which one? Which knee? My left left knee, Your Honor, uh, sir. My left knee. I have problems with my left knee. Um, it hurts when I uh, crouch. What, what was the name of the medicine? Um, I want to say it's called uh, Crouch Cream. But that's not right. And for 10, think about Colin Hay would write his fondness for Johnny. Well, you sure are a funny kid, Johnny. But I like you. is the first time I'm going to rate these movies. I'm going to rate the thing for story. I'm going to give it a six for story. I like the overall plot. I like its simplicity. I like how it's written to be confined to one room. It's the But then the individual writing choices are all very strange and convoluted and while charming. They're, like, not good. I described the, the plot. Their plot is impossible. We talked a lot about that. <laughs> so it's going to be a six for me on story. Mark, what about you? Um, I kind of basically went in the same direction. Six and a half. 
you know, the guy's ultimately foiled by the fact that there's a refrigerator in their house. I love that. Actually, I do love that they use the refrigerator as like a source of lighting that you forgot about. That refrigerator's ancient. But but for how much calling out they're doing of all the stuff, he very subtly puts the dish rag in the corner of it to keep it from closing. Like that's a weirdly subtle move move in a not very subtle movie. I think there's a lot of he has his moments too. Like that character, this is yeah, whatever. It's a fantastic story. It's quite minimal and fantastic. Hilarious how how many steps there are in their plan to find a fucking doll. <laughs> yeah, they're like, it. we need to do this thing it. that's probably pretty simple. Let's make a Rube Goldberg mechanism. Mm-hmm. You give it a six and a half? Like to, let's they, hire a bunch, of, a bunch of talkers to come in and sweet talk some six people. Six and a half? They, six and they a half. knew the guy had just been given it and took it like as a favor, and they assume they've put that doll in their safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta keep it you. safe in case, you know... What if you were to destroy the doll and then the person comes knocking? It's like, hey, can I have my doll? I mean, I guess in their defense, I would destroy that doll the second I got it to my other thing is evil with dead eyes. Well, and you have two dogs that would absolutely eat that doll within about 10 seconds, and then they'd be high on heroin, so that'd be an entirely different thing. Just one dog. My one dog is pretty good. At what? Moe's a good dog. (laughs) Oh, eating dogs. Uh, Eating heroin. Real good heroin eater. That dog can hold her heroin. Let me tell you. (laughs) Jake, What's your Jake story? Uh, we circled the wagons ish. I gave it a five and a half. I just fucking Andy Dalton the shit out of this one. I agree with everything you said. Okay. It's going to take us into world building and immersion, and I'm also giving it a six for world building and immersion. Most of the points here are for world building. I love their apartment. It's so evocative. The style is really cool and keeps you in. And for immersion, while I find it very charming and like the romantic, you know, the romanticization of old timey Americana, it's still it's the her transatlantic accent, everything that's going on, the stupidity of their plot, the, like the fact that a supposedly actually dramatic, exciting fight scene involves one guy holding a chair like a shield and swinging a camera over his head is all pretty baffling and hard to like stay truly immersed in. So it's going to be a six. Mark. I, I like I like that scene. The the guy I love that the, scene, dude. I love it. <laughs> I like that he uses the tripod folded out instead of holding it all in and having it as like a, a like a lance. Oh yeah, no, he's like holding one of the legs and the other two are just oh, just dangling about. Getting in the way. I went I went substantially higher on this one, actually. I gave it a seven and a half. I think that A, the world building is uh very solid from the standpoint of that it's all set within this fishbowl, right? It's basically a fishbowl episode of a movie, which makes yes. sense because of its origin as a screen as as a stage play. But yeah. then I think that lends very well to being extremely watchable and immersive because you're just kind of trapped in here with these people. There's only like one or two scenes that are happening outside of the apartment. You have a great sense of what's going on. And what you're stuck in this room with is Alan Arkin being an absolutely fantastic performer and Audrey Hepburn turning in one of her most famous performances. So how is that not higher on the immersion scale, right? <laughs> sometimes hard to stay in given how kind of what all the stuff Jake said which I assume he's about to Jake he's annoying <laughs> <laughs> ta-da she's annoying um, I still I gave think, it a three <laughs> no that said I still gave it a pretty high score pretty much everything that I can detract from in this category is due to some of the annoyance that I had with you didn't characters. find it charming that she introduced herself as Batman no I oh, didn't find okay. much of what happened with her that charming um it was it, the way that that happened was just not for me. That said, I I think that like you said, Mark, the the fishbowl quality of how they go about this, I would love to see this on on stage. But they do a very good job of 
translating it to the screen um, and that world of the apartment and everything that's kind of like going in and out, the mayhem, uh, and ultimately like the end with the home invasion, it it's good. It starts a little slow, but it's not disinteresting during that time. It just is a different thing than what I guess I was anticipating to begin with. It's still a high score for me. It's a seven. I think it's a fairly immersive movie with a good world, though small. Fair enough. You know what I did really like about the way she introduced herself? She calls her husband at the office and he goes, Hendrix here. And she goes, Hendrix here. I thought that was sweet and charming. Uh, <laughs> it is. You're right. Full saccharine <laughs> for take me, us man. Into scare factor. I'm giving it a two for scare factor. It's not as absolute. I understand this was scary for people. There is a jump scare. There's also some genuinely tense moments when the lights are out. She's holding up the match or the gasoline. Like, yeah. that stuff's actually a little bit creepy. The idea of her being like a blind woman being trapped alone, and admittedly they are non-threatening, bumbling idiots, but still three armed men is is pretty frightening. So it's not as low as it could be. It's a two. I say but it's pretty bumbling. low. It's not like they're the Three Stooges. They almost are the Three Stooges. They're just aggressive. I, I understand totally. Where you're I think all the, three of them are yeah. professional crooks. They're they're the wet bandits, Mark. Mm, I disagree. They're at least a rung or two above that. They are. If, if she had even any Hot Wheels at all, they would have tripped all the way over them. <laughs> <laughs> Some Tonka trucks at the bottom of the stairs. What is your Scare Factor score, Mark? I gave it a four. I guess I went a little high. I mean, this is famous as being one of the best constructed jump scares. You're going to see this on a lot of those lists. And like you said, I think there's a lot of tension sewn into this thing. And I love the, I love the realization that Susie has of uh, Talman being in on it mike's in on it yeah, too. yeah exactly that's good. i mean i i think that sort of the second half of the movie once things are actually starting to happen is a very is a great case study in uh you know like films from this era that are now 60 years old not quite 60 years old 50 something years old um and what they can do to create tension and suspense and sure. in that way, I'm, I, I, I mentioned this earlier, this is inspiring me to go back and watch more of these Hitchcock movies that I've either never seen or only seen once a million years ago. So, you know, there you go. That's It's getting sure. me down that road. Sure. Fair enough. Jake, how about you? A, I gave it a two. Very little to add at this point, so let's not belabor. Damn. Not I was high. Film. I, I think you were high, yeah. Okay. That, that uh, that's I mean, I, me. I do, uh, I can appreciate that at the time that this came out, this was harrowing. I also Let's gave say. a four to Village of the Damned, which also came out in nineteen. Like that actually feels more egregious than this. I would put this above that, I think. Ke- That's creep- a weird take. Creepy kids are creepy, but I don't know. There, there's something more visceral about what happens here. Uh, and I think because it lasts so long, like so much of the film is that borderline bumbling element, and it's kind of funny. Um, okay, well, you-, you gave Village of the Damned a three. Oh shit! <laughs> 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 Whatever, I'm not changing the score. God damn it! Fair enough. Today's new effects or judicious lack thereof, and it's a four for me. I mean, there's not much to be said for the effects here. The soundtrack is a notable and laudable feature. I like it quite a bit. But yeah, we hadn't brought that up yet. The soundtrack's really good. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah, and it's uh, oh, a good place shit, to bring it up. The guy's name. Who did the soundtrack? Igor Stravinsky. Uh, also, say score. I, no, Jack. It's fucking. There's no way. <laughs> It's not no, fucking I, Igor Stravinsky. I, that's why I was saying thank you. Like, I thank you. Oh, I you. thought you were just joking. Uh, Henry Mancini. Mancini. Mancini yeah. Who is a very, like, he's a classic composer, right? He does. I he would, did a ton of scores over the so. era. Yeah. He, oh, he did all the Pink Panther movies. Oh. 
He also wrote Moon, Ritter, he Moon did the River from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Listen, this is yeah. the part of the episode where we're just on IMDb clicking through yeah. the guy's <laughs> catalog. We're yeah. doing the thing that you can do for yourself. Probably more than uh, Either way, not much else. to. It doesn't really do anything wrong, per se, but it doesn't. it's certainly not pushing any boundaries. Like The set design and music are the most of the effects here, and in, it's not pushing any boundaries, but it doesn't look bad. I guess I'm giving it a four. Mark. I give it a six. I guess I'm just going to be consistently higher on a lot of these categories than you guys. Uh, I love the adaptation of the uh, screen or of uh, the screen adaptation of the play, um, and I think that plays out really well. the uh, The set that they shot on is a fucking awesome apartment, and I can't really differentiate between like what were the like what was just commonplace in the 1960s and what was like a cool prop at the time, like whether or not those shutters of the the big gear that you turn on the wall was actually like a cool thing or if that was just like, yeah, they shot in an apartment and that apartment had that stuff. But the doll is a great prop. I, I mean, there's there's this is mostly judicious lack thereof, but I think they do a lot of really clever like blocking and choreography that go into setting up these scenes so that you can maximize the impact of the suspense and tension building. Yeah, I think that's fair. I buy that. I think that's fair. Yeah. Jake, how about uh, you? I'm not that far off from Mark. I gave it a five and a half. I I agree. I think that this is primarily judicious lack thereof, but that said, sets props really good. Jack, as you mentioned, or I think as we've all now kind of alluded to, we we didn't really give uh sound and primarily score its fair run during the the primary part of this podcast. Does a good job. I was impressed with how they made this feel true to the stage, and I think that's worth mentioning, but it also isn't the highest thing that I've ever seen because they don't do a whole lot. Yeah, and that is going to take us into overall, and overall is a big tilt up for me. I'm giving it a seven overall. I, I This movie is absolutely delightful. It's really fun to watch. It's just just kind of wonderful. It is greater than the sum of its parts. Uh, this, is, this is one you should definitely check out. It's a classic for a goddamn reason. It's it's really good. I'm giving it a seven mark. 100% agree. I have a six and a half, but I'm basically completely aligned with you there. Uh, it's It stands up more than, like, extremely well for a movie from the 1960s. You kind of never know what you're going to get when you, you take that dive, but this one was really fun to go back and watch. I will say, I think had I rated this on my first time viewing, it would not not have been this high uh so <laughs> setting jake up here to give my it a turn. slightly lower score same reason as mark same score first oh, time okay, viewing cool. yeah no i thought this is really good uh my only real qualms from like the super let's zoom back out were that i do think that a lot of this was fairly slow um and that's what helped and me. not really that's what up? helped me because because when i when i first watched this and i went in thinking that this was going to have like this great jump scare and be a horror movie and whatever and i watched it and it was just kind of like boring and 90 minutes long of people acting at each other yeah and it kind of set me in the wrong place and and then when i went in the second time knowing you knew what you're the in general for. pace of it i was yeah. able to sit back relax and enjoy the performances so, and that's what brought out more enjoyment for me maybe there's an offset there of like I went in not knowing what it was going to be, probably expecting more than what I got. However, I also did not go in like you did with thoughts about this great jump scare. Like, now that we're talking about it, I do, I can, like, remember that I've heard that before. But it was not... It's iconic. It's iconic. It was not in my mind when I went into this movie. Yeah, it's like that and Exorcist 3 are on every single fucking list. Is it three? And three. this shouldn't be on the list of best. It's, it's the cross the hallway three. one. No, three, three is the three is the one you're it's thinking. It's the cross of, the hallway with the nurse. one. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay, that's three. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, and it shouldn't. This movie shouldn't show up on list of best jump scares, but it can show up on list of most iconic culturally. Sure. Like I, I buy that. 
it's also it's, the uh, only uh, real jump scare this movie the has. the ones that are most impactful culturally be the best? I mean, no, because if this impacted people and then you heard about it for a whole bunch of years, like, especially in a movie that doesn't have any other jump scares, I don't know. And, like, <laughs> an Audrey Hepburn like movie like this, I think, entices an audience much broader than a horror movie, like a cla- quote-unquote horror movie. Which is why they're more susceptible to jump scares and they get... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whatever. It works. Yeah. Uh, to whom the hell would we recommend this? We already kind Pretty of talked about everyone, it. Honestly. Yeah, people who enjoy... I'm, well, the thing I said earlier is what I'll stand by, which is people who enjoy watching acting performances. I think you Yeah, see for it, sure. Maybe. This is also... I, I didn't mention this before, but I saw this as a kid. This was when my parents like rented for us. My dad liked watching old timey horror movies with with us, and this is when yeah, I saw this. Yeah, this does seem like a quintessential, quintessential Jack pick in that regard. I think everyone should yeah. see this movie. Honestly, I think it's. it's worth a, I mean, it's a really fun, if, good if movie. If you watch, watch movies, it. go ahead and see this movie. Honestly, yeah. If you love Audrey Hepburn, like, I, it didn't blow my fucking mind, but I can totally. There's a lot of things about it that I really enjoyed. Like yeah. I enjoyed a lot I, of the parts of this. It's kind of interesting, Jack. Like. You're saying it's greater than some of its parts, and for me, it's like I really enjoyed the parts themselves. <laughs> okay, I don't know. yeah, that's fair. That's how it hit me. It's also fun watching this with someone who like fucking loves not only the movie but just Audrey Hepburn in general, and is like you know really entranced by that whole world. It's so, it certainly is a world contributes to the viewing. Yeah, uh, which I think means it's time to get the fuck I think out. It of does. Here. This has been episode 249 of the A to Z Horrorcast. If you're still here hanging out with us and you like what we got going on, there are numerous links in the description below of places that probably need your money right now because the world is a fucking dumpster fire. Consider that. If you still have something left over and you want some extra perks, we do have a Patreon. But do consider where you're putting your money right now. The world needs help in a lot of regards. As always, the music is coming at you from Super Bear. There are links down there in the description below as well if you want to check out their other tracks. And next week is the final movie of our current selections. It's a me pick. It's Demon. It's a very broad name. Uh, if you need any help, this movie, I don't remember the, the year that it came out. It's like 2015, 2016. Yeah, 2015, 2016. You're going to see a poster. It's got an arch back shirtless gentleman. Um, I don't it's remember. Jewish I've wedding? seen it. It's Jewish wedding. Polish. Polish, Polish. Jewish wedding. Directed by Martian Worona. That one. Polish Jewish wedding. We're going to review it in a week. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everyone. Don't play around in dry cleaning bags. Because they'll make you dead. Da-da-da. <laughs>